Joining tonight is Nicole. And Jess. I'm back from my sabbatical. Jess is back from her for almost two month hiatus. Uh, so welcome back. Things so we can't. We can't can't blame her. She had a lot going on uh, for the last bit, but all good stuff. And she's back now. And we are doing tonight respect the Aretha Franklin movie. Uh, Aretha Franklin, I think everyone knows her, right? Big time soul singer, one of the one of the greats. Uh, I don't, the queen of soul, queen of gospel is I don't know her title, something like that, right? You're doing I don't good know music. Yeah, you got okay. it. Yeah, uh, I w- I'm not a big biopic person. I and I the last couple of musical biopics like Rocket Man and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like those kind of ones, not my kind of movies. I thought they were fine. Like, didn't love them. Uh, but this one looked uh, interesting. I didn't know I knew very little about her personal life, which we learn a lot. We learn a lot about her early days in this one. Uh, Nicole, I know you saw trailers for it with me a couple times, and it was one of the few movies you were actually like interested for. Uh, so that was yeah. that was nice. Uh, yeah, I I've totally been on the biopic train like since they started rolling these things out. Like, I really enjoy them. Um, I love music, and um, I like watching people create their music from um, early age on. Like, so much backstory you learn from so many different types of people um, in um, at least what I consider American history to begin with of uh, how music started in a lot of different genres and things like even though most of the people that these are about are not American but you know what I mean (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah I uh, I really like these so I was really intrigued by it especially to have like a powerful black woman that you know, deserves to have some uh, discussion about her uh, come to light. So it's very, very uh, interesting. And just, do you know anything about this going in? I mean, I'm assuming you knew it was about Aretha Franklin if you just look at the poster, but uh, anything else that you know? Yeah, I just knew Aretha Franklin in our clips. I had no idea about her upbringing or even her um, relationship with Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and all that. So that was that was really cool to learn. Um, I also didn't realize that she died just recently, a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I wish she could have been alive to see this because that would have been really cool to like see her life in a, a big time movie. Yeah, I, I, it was one of those. I figured she had died at some point because I thought she was. I thought she was just really old, and you know, she's had health issues in several parts of her life. So I, I didn't even think she was still around. But yeah, we saw this. Um, Nicole and I did. They had the at the end of the movie when they show like her, like uh, born whatever day, died whatever day on the three year anniversary of her death, August sixteenth. Yeah, so watched it on the yeah, day. On the oh, day, man. three years to the day. Yeah, very. <laughs> Ominous, I suppose. Uh, but this is what... like they started thinking about making this movie like right when she died because it doesn't take like around a couple of years to get this into production. Yeah, it must have been right. Uh, maybe it was right after she died they started going because it was supposed to come out last year in August, so it got delayed a year. So that means it must have been filmed either early 2020 or sometime in 2019. Um, so yeah, they probably got the idea to do it right, right when she when... was starting to be inducted into like the rock and roll hall of fame and stuff i think yeah and she sang at the obama inauguration, uh, the obama so that, was, inauguration. that was towards the I end mean, of her life a little while ago though yeah it was a couple of years before she died but uh, the also the documentary at one point they mentioned a documentary that they're filming in this movie that documentary notoriously 
didn't get off the ground. It took years to finish. It and it actually just came out in 2018, the year she died. So that documentary that they're filming towards the end of the movie about uh, you know spoil it oh, yet, but that documentary didn't come out in 72 or whenever it was. It was unfinished, and they finally finished the footage and like putting it together 50 years later. So wow. it uh, yeah, pretty crazy. But this is what Respect is about, if it's not obvious already. Following the rise of Aretha Franklin's career from a child singing in her father's church choir to her international superstardom, Respect is the remarkable true story of the music icon's journey to find her voice. So, if you haven't seen Respect, it's in theaters. I think it's only in theaters. I don't think it's streaming anywhere or part of a package uh so it's uh, theaters are bust for this one uh but if you have any interest we're going to spoil it here now and this movie starts off with her as a child she's a 10 year old in 1952 and she sings at her father reverend seal franklin's uh, weekly parties uh full of the most uh i guess the luminaries of the african-american uh culture at the time so all of the most famous singers are there, like uh, Sam Cooke's there, Diana Washington, Clara Ward, James Cleveland, all kinds of all kinds of uh, big timers, and her father is well connected. And so you think her life is pretty good, right? Because she has a uh, you know she has all this affluent uh, family, uh, but no, it is not very good because her mother dies very early on in the movie, who she uh, was somewhat estranged to because of the divorce with her father. Really uh, she. She is raped, uh, and that is nev- never good. Uh, there is also lots of addiction that ends up plaguing her life, uh, and she is uh, assaulted by both her father and uh, men she is with. Uh, so a lot of tough, a lot of tough times for Aretha, who perseveres uh, through um, not super success early in her career. She wasn't making good in the stuff that was popular, uh, and then she finally found her voice, started telling her story. Her songs took more uh, authorship in her work, and we see her slowly rise. She has, uh, yeah, as Jess said earlier, she knows Martin Luther King Jr., so they, uh, she has an activist uh, piece of her. Uh, so a lot of stuff that I did not know. I did not know almost any of these things about her. I only know the couple of famous songs that, you know, everyone knows. So that is the story of Aretha Franklin. She goes all the way till her, I don't know, 30s-ish, like early 30s. It doesn't get past the 70s. Um, but it shows that, that early rise to, uh, I guess, kind of her, her superstardom plateau. So... Two and a half hour movie, very long, but what did we think of it overall? We'll start with Nicole. It definitely follows the, um, the the script, if you want to say, like of how they're putting these biopics together. Like I immediately think of Rocket Man when you're describing this because it's about young childhood, rise to stardom, trauma, re arising, addiction, blah blah blah, like. It's following, not that I'm saying her life is following someone else's life. It's just the way that they put the movie together. I mean, it's, I feel like it's, if you're going to, if they're making a movie about someone like this, it's going to kind of like fall into place this way. So I'm kind of just like expecting it to go this way, if you know what I mean. Um, But that's not to discredit anything that she went through at all. It's not what I mean. It was just like, that's kind of what all the stories, they, they all stop at like the same point. Yeah, we're talking about how the movie and story is told, not her literal life. But exactly, know. it all they always stop like in their mid thirties when they 
have mostly overcome their addictions and their demons and blah blah blah. So that's when they end the movies. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's it for every person and she that lived they for made 40 a movie about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Elton John is still kicking, and you know, whatever. So right. Um, but I still like t- being told a backstory of someone that I didn't know about that has been such an icon for people um, in the music industry and people that uh, African Americans and people that uh, you know were starting to introduce more black singers into um, the South and they're working with white people in the studios and this you know combination of all of this and the, the gospel aspect and the soul the jazz everything it's just like this conglomerate of this time period of music that's so awesome and i think it's because i grew up listening to that kind of stuff my uh my dad is probably around the same age that aretha franklin would have been if i'm calculating correctly yeah he's only um, a couple years younger than what you a couple been. years younger yeah so i mean i grew up listening to this stuff too and that's why i think i was so excited to watch something like this because i know that the music i listened to from him stems from people like her that elevated the sam cook and elevated the other artists that were at that time kind of becoming the has-beens so to see someone to be able to do that at such a young age and especially with the absolute horrifying drama that this woman endured at 10 years old and that was really really inspiring to watch now for the movie making itself um i know we had a lot of problems with the movie uh with the plot being presented the way that it was a lot of unanswered questions until it was too late and i was already like uh what the fuck is going on type of thing (laughs) um when we see the date timeline and i don't i did not know that she was pregnant so young and i didn't know that we were only moving forward eight years and she's got two eight-year-old kids and she's only 18 like what the fuck is going on um so i feel like that could have been maybe presented in a different way that wasn't so like stark i know they were trying to set like i guess they were trying to set like some some uh shock fact value into it but i really wish i mean maybe maybe big fans know this already so it's not i did not know this at all uh, either no Uh, so this it was shocking the first uh almost like uh like it took me out of it for a second i had to like recoil it wasn't presented well yeah like that scene of her like being a little kid in the kitchen and then showing like her pregnant belly yes i was like yes i get that was necessary but that was probably the hardest thing to watch in the whole movie definitely i think it could have been presented a little more um appropriate i i guess i don't know i don't want to just like i said i'm not i don't want to discredit anything but um, maybe it was just a th- different choice that I would have made, but no, I, I like these movies. I, I like watching someone's, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how accurate it is either, um, in some parts, but that's just kind of where you have to take some, some freedom and know, you know, thinking that somebody put this together with her best interests. So that's, I liked it. Yeah. So going into it, I saw that it got like in the sixties and Rotten Tomatoes. So I was like. Uh, I don't know yeah, if I'm going to like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, but surprisingly, it was a lot 
better than I thought it was going to be, just going off of those ratings. Um, again, I only know her hits. I knew nothing about her childhood, nothing about her upbringing or her struggles or anything. So um, I, I did learn a ton. There were some aspects, I think, that they left out on, like the kids thing. We didn't really know how many kids she had or any of the stories of like their kids' lives. Um, yes, they definitely. But had, after had I, it seemed like in the that. movie she might have had like six or so. But when I googled it, it's like she only had four. Um, but mm-hmm. two of them again, she had at a very very young age, um, and, and it kind of felt like the movie was like two parts. Like the part of her starting out and trying really really hard to make a hit, and then New York City, she played respect, and that was like her hit. And I feel like that was like okay, movie one, and then movie two was just like. After New York, after being famous, and like her struggles going forward. So I think part two seemed, I, I get it was necessary, but for some reason it, it seems like a lot longer than part one was. But that's just my take on it. I, I, Did I you like part one a, more than part two? Oh, I liked part one a lot more than part two. Interesting. I don't know what you guys think about that. But um, again, I learned a ton. I didn't know anything about her influence at all. Um but now it, it all makes sense. I almost wish I kind of knew this stuff beforehand because when I listened to her songs, it would probably mean more understanding her upbringing and where she came from. That's true. Yeah, I uh, this took a while for me to get into. and Already it's not my genre. It's not my type of movie. Um, and yeah, see, I saw the 60-ish percent and I was like, oh, it's just going to be very paint by numbers and everything's going to be the same as every other biopic. And for the most part, that is true. Um, and I think the, the performance, the, a lot of the performances are pretty good. There's a couple that are uneven, but like Jennifer Hudson's excellent. I think she's really good in this uh, of the smaller characters. Uh, Titus Burgess, who's the guy, the piano player at the beginning, at the end. I think he's really good in this, even though his character's button in the movie where it's like, it's part of the whole cliche problem, which is the bigger problem I have with it. And I think Mark Maron's good as the guy, the record producer guy. He's got a couple of funny bits. Mm-hmm. And then Forrest Whitaker and Marlon Wayans as the father and her first husband, respectively. They're uneven. Like, there's parts where I'm like, that's ah, pretty good. And then there's other parts where I'm like, oh, that's like the that's absolutely It's almost terrible. like they snap out a character for a minute and then they realize, oh, wait, we actually have to play these horrible people. Like, they don't want to do it, but they have to play the the character true and it's like yeah i don't think they want to <laughs> well there's and there's part like forrest whitaker is pretty just like you know I've, you see him in everything he's he's kind of just what he is at this point and then marlon wayans who i don't typically think of as like a as an actor actor like he's in a lot of those dumb comedy kind of movies but he's got a couple of dramatic roles that are i think he's fine in and the beginning when we introduced to him i thought he was doing well and then it'll take a turn all of a sudden like with the scene where he's confronted by, or he's not even confronted, the the white band owner guy comes to the motel room and is talking to them, and he's getting drunk and yelling at him, and they get into like a race fight, and it's like it's, it's the this movie's full of like some really good scenes, and then some of like the worst made for TV filmmaking that I've seen. Like, yeah, I I hate the beginning. I hate everything in the childhood. I don't think anything in when she's ten feels like it's this should be really emotional and powerful and i know nicole and i a couple of times probably inappropriately we're stifling some laughter at the kind of incompetencies 
you of, can't the, of say the filmmaking. That when it's this type of thing. I understand, but, but that's the, it's the it's the movie's fault for not telling it better. Absolutely, it, absolutely. It's not. It's not. It, it, like you should. It should not feel like a tra- like a trashy Hallmark movie of the I week. I feel like if we were at any point like laughing at the creation of the scene, it's because we we're. I think. The, the shock value for us was negative shock value in how they presented it. Like, I, why would you do it so... It just felt like you were putting her on the spot. Like, it just felt weird. It was It was just... I think it was pure, like... Just, just basic filmmaking mistakes. And this is a, a first-time film director, and I think it shows. It's uh, LaSalle Tommy, and she is... A, she has directed a screen... Or not a screen, a, um, a stage play... Uh, so she has some experience directing theater, but uh, this is her first directed movie. And then the screenplay also, I think, is kind of lacking. And that's also by some uh, Tracy Wilson, Tracy Scott Wilson, also not super experienced. And I think that's another part that kind of shows with the it feels ham fisted and like, you know, it, it doesn't feel oh that beginning. I really just like that beginning. But then yeah. all of a sudden when she goes to. um when she goes and meets the what's the first band that she's that she plays with in the in the south when that when that happens yeah the, I forget their name it was mu- like muddy of- water band something like that I can't remember their name but when when she meets the when she meets the Muscle Shoals band when she meets the Muscle Shoals band that scene is really good and like all of like the tension between the characters in the room when they're first trying to figure out her music is really good and then it'll cut right to that scene of the stupid motel room that I thought was laughably bad so it's just kind of uneven all the time and um, mm-hmm. and just if you're when you say you split the movie in in the two halves kind of the rise up and then she sings the song in Madison Square Garden, which again I, I think that scene looked very realistic, but whatever. Uh, to Madison me, that's like scene. a theme, a, like a scene where the and then the credits fade. Like that just seemed like the end of it, and but it was only really the middle. Right, and it's again, it's a long movie, so like I think it definitely could have got trimmed at certain points. It didn't drag too much. There were definitely some times in the second half that dragged a little more. I think the second half's a little. I like the second half a little better because. Because of how much I dislike the kid stuff, I just don't think it works. I don't think it. I don't feel like she, this. This ten-year-old girl. I didn't realize she was twelve, but this little girl has been raped, and her mother has died, and uh, like you know, a couple weeks before her birthday. And this should all be dramatic, and I should be on the edge of tears, and it should be really heartfelt. And it's it's really cheesy and like instead movie they the made Forrest Whitaker slam on that kid's chair and scare the shit out of him I, I don't know. think that, that little kid knew <laughs> and that was coming <laughs> and it, it was the cut too the cut is it, they did a comedic cut like yeah. you don't do this in a dramatic movie where she wrote the first <laughs> the, the part that Nicole always hates when they're like the phone call. You need to tell them now. Their mother just died and they said it in the other room and no, they clearly I can't say it loud until the morning that their hear. mother died <laughs> and so the, the girl, oh, she runs out crying and Forrest Whitaker chased after her. And then it hard cuts to her sitting sadly at a table <laughs> for her birthday while all the kids are singing happy birthday. Like, that's a comedy cut. You don't do that if you're trying to convey the sadness. You, it, it looks it looks silly. And then, yeah, Forrest Whitaker slams on the table and says, I'm leaving. And then he just walks out of the room. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't play as dramatic, unfortunately. But then it kind of turns around once I think Jennifer Hudson comes in and t- starts being the character um what do you guys think of the actors in this since i I, I talked for a little bit here jess what do you think of like some of the actors the characters anyone stand out to you so it 
It's hard to tell because I didn't actually know what they looked like in real life. Um, but the one that stood out to me was Jerry. I don't know why, but he just always made me laugh. I don't know if, if he's supposed to be like a funny guy, but um, he he did just I don't know Which why. He's Jerry. just hilarious. Jerry's that was Mark like Marin, the manager. He's a producer. Oh, yeah. okay. And I think the father was kind of hard to read because. He was advocating for her, but at the same time, he wasn't really a good guy himself. Like, no. I think when she got raped and stuff, she, he kind of, like, turned a blind eye, but he's also, like, the reverend. Yeah. And That's what we so, too. yeah, and like, apparently, like, he beat all his, like, wives and girlfriends, but it seems like Aretha repressed that. So it, w- it was kind of hard to read what kind of character he was. And then I think the sisters were kind of just, like, flunkies kind of following her around um doing whatever aretha said um i can't think of anyone that really really stood by me as a remarkable person we we definitely see more of her first husband than her second so her first husband is like the abusive one who just is very controlling and manipulative and has a temper but then her second one comes and he's just like a walk of sunshine compared to all the other men that she's had in her life. But they don't yeah. really focus on how good he was to her, more of like her kind of rebelling with him just because of her past traumas and all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the second boy, yeah, the second boyfriend, her husband, which uh, Nicole pointed out, like, oh, she's just with him now? Like, she just went to the, she now she's just with the other manager? She left like, for the other or- guy. Yeah, but when I when I looked at like her, um, I researched like when she married each one. There was like a pretty big time difference between when she left her first husband and oh, then okay. got married to her second. But in the in the movie, it made it seem like it was pretty instant. Like the next, she called in that night, and then from then on, they were together forever. <laughs> yeah, please come <laughs> over, and then yep, oh, now they're together. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, there are some small inaccuracies in like like extended bits, like. They make you believe that, first of all, she was 12 when she had her first kid, not 10. And they make you believe, like, she had twins and that these boys are the same age. But they're not. In real life, she had a kid when she was 12. And then she had another kid when she was 14 by the same man um, who they didn't. She, the real father was not named until, like, years, like, recently. Like, in 2010, I want to say. It was so she said it, She said it was a different man. And, uh, you know, for obvious reasons didn't talk about it in interviews or anything like was a very sensitive subject obviously um so they make it why seem would they like... leave that out i mean why would they make they make they did really make it seem like that that it was twins. well that's another problem i have with this is it feels the whole movie feels soft it feels very glot like not stylized it's not gl- glamour it's like when she's a, down when she's an addict, it's not glamorizing addiction like some movies do, where it makes it seem like all crazy and cool, and then it's bad. It's bad the whole time here, but it does feel. I mean, it's PG thirteen. You can only do, go so far. But like you know, when she's raped, the guy closes the door, and we cut scene, and then we see her pregnant at the one point, and it's a startling image. But like we don't get any background in real life. It sounds like she was continuously raped by this man for at least th- two or three years, and if you could somehow portray that i think that would be more impactful because you know one one you know bad one night of rape is very bad years of continuous rape as a child is even worse and i feel like it it adds more it adds more context to what she stands for and the music she's writing right her 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 uh 
you know, she's abused and very timid in the beginning. And then when she finally finds her voice and stands up to the abuse of men in her life, that's what, like, that's, I think that's like one of the most solid bits in the movie. But then again, when we get into the addiction part and she's drinking all the time, it doesn't feel, it, 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 these scenes where she's going through the trauma just feel a little soft. They don't feel as, as hard nosed as, uh, you know, as I would like, because I feel like it would add the dramatic moments and get me to the tears or get me to really like understand how horrible it is. I understand it was horrible because I know it's a real story, but the movie doesn't make me feel like it's as bad as I'm sure it really was. So I think I, it's maybe I, because like there weren't any like flashbacks. Like she talks about like I have demons, I have trauma. Yeah. And of course we watch the movie and we see what it is, but there's no like specific flashback moments or triggers that we as the audience see to kind of bring that emotion to life. Right, and they, that's per- exactly. We don't. We don't. There's nothing that they show or tell us more than vagaries that make us understand on like that emotional level that get us there. And it, it, it's, again, even just calling it, you know, oh, the demons coming out of you. Like, I know it's a, another big aspect of this is her relationship with the church and God, but just calling her all the trauma and addiction she has the demon it, it just feels it trivial it feels trivializing well, it the second husband goes oh that your demon's coming out again yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying it doesn't it doesn't play dramatic it plays kind of silly and like kitty like, does that and i mean, don't like she has like dark moments like is there like does she just not like back away from things for a week or like a day right, right. Like, we don't really know much about it Every bad thing, whether it's bad things she does or bad things other people do to her, every bad thing is the demon. And the only thing that can stop the demon is if she prays to God and then the ghost of her mother hugs her. That's the only way to stop the demon. I like, I, I just don't understand. I don't know. It just seems kind of kitty. But, uh, Nicole, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Do you, anything about the other characters that we haven't mentioned already? Yeah. I really was annoyed with this one particular scene where she was... Aretha's sitting on the bench with her sisters and it's right after Ted hits her for the first time. She's uh, the black guy and everything. And um, yep. so they were like, you need to leave him when uh, you know the dad's like, I don't want you guys in our house ever again or whatever. And they were talking about the moments in the past when their their dad was uh, you know abusive to the mom and she's like, I don't remember those things. And there was a like the flashback to when she was sitting on the the piano bench with her mom, and the mom goes, "Don't you know why I left?" And Aretha says, "No." And then the mom goes, "Oh well, don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, that right there, exactly what both of you have said. Perfect moment to have something to indicate the trauma, as opposed to just oh, well." You know, <laughs> like, like, I was like, no, we don't, like, we know, but show us, tell us, like, right. make us feel about that, that connection. Like, what the fuck was that? Um, yeah, that was, that, that moment stood out to me as, like, just really bad writing. Um, I liked the sisters a lot because, you know, just having a sister, you know, all the shit you'll go through in your whole life doesn't matter at that one particular moment when you need them the most and exactly what in, they were in- there for. It makes you realize, like, if the sisters had the same kind of abuse that she had, too, or if she was just mm-hmm. chosen because she's the one that got the most attention because of her voice. Right. Yeah, I mean, they don't even show the, 
the child the other children around in the house when she's out singing and stuff like at night and, so uh, apparently she had three siblings and they only showed two right like there wasn't a fourth one hanging um, around that we didn't see was there is a there? brother I, or it's the is it the, the other guy yeah i thought that was one oh, of the, the sister's cecil. boyfriends cecil but is the i think one it's we don't her brother see. Yeah. Uh, okay. There is also, and this is also not in the movie because I think, again, it makes it's it's the PG. I think it's the PG thirteen and like afraid to go too dark. That kind of ham- hamstrings some of the darker moments in the movie. But uh, the father obviously is abusive, and and we like we know this, and it's obvious. But he also, in real life, had another son with another. I almost said woman, girl who was twelve years old. Her father, her her own father, also oh, raped a twelve year old and had a child Wait, with a twelve year old. In real life, in real life, he had fathered. A- and it's just so horrifying to think that wow. because he had ties he's a to, yeah, wow. he had yeah. ties to the church, ties to Martin Luther King. That you know that that kind of thing could have been swept under the rug like that. People didn't know, obviously, till well, this came out. But I mean, like. He never he never had to care about anything. He was so well received by everyone that like he didn't have to care about being caught or things like that. And it just shows that he put that upon his children too, which is just such a shame. And oh. that that's another thing that like you would think that would be helpful like with these complex characters because obviously the reverend not a good dude in his personal life but in his in his public life you know he was bringing bringing the 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 speeches and getting everyone together and he was you know friends with all of these influential people and civil rights people so in his public life he's doing great and then in the personal life he's a giant piece of shit like Mm -hmm. you would think that would be something that makes it better because oh we have a complicated character with who is complex like how do you judge him but the movie is so afraid with all of its darkness to go too dark that it feels too that's what that's what makes it feel tv movie to me at times i guess and i don't want to i know it sounds like we're kind of shitting on it i think all of us liked it more than not i mean i might have been the lowest but it sounds like you guys both like it in general right Uh, yeah yeah i I I enjoyed it the other thing that makes me laugh though is that you know i think we get kind of like a 20-ish year uh, progression through this movie and Aretha's the literal only one that ages at all in it. The grandma's the same, the dad's the same, the wife is the same. It's just like, okay, we could put a little bit of saggy makeup on grandma because she's now a great grandma <laughs> or a great great grandma and she's looking the same. Like, that's just a that's just a costuming thing that needs to be fixed because it just doesn't I know it's not important, but hey, if we're going to progress the story the way that we should, like let's. let's I mean, do I, it. yeah, it's a fifty-eight billion dollar movie. Like, come on, you, you can you can. Well, they they fixed slap have, on they some fixed, better uh, They fixed the um, the pianist up a little bit. They made him look a little bit older. Yeah, you you actually didn't. You said you didn't recognize him. I didn't him recognize the first him time. when he was in the house. No, I didn't. Yeah, so he's he's and he's kind of like again. I think that Titus Burgess' performance is actually one of the better ones, even though he's only in a couple scenes. But like the way his character is used is music's gonna save your life, and then we go two hours of the movie, and then he comes back at the end when she's clean, and he goes, "Yeah, I told you, music would save your life." I'm like, "All right, well, that's not really (laughs) cool." Like, "Ah, that's cool. Much else to say about any of that's yeah, that's. Why why go deeper than that? Um, so I guess you know the the big thing at the end here is after her addiction, she has the mo- the the 
part where she falls off stage because of her drinking, um, and she's locked up in her house, and she's got the bottles everywhere, and that's when she's visited by the ghost of her mom, or, you know, the memory of her mom, or however you want to interpret that scene, and it's, you know, it's God reaching down and, and helping her back to the find find her her path again um she has a couple of heart to hearts with the different characters like the 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 second husband slash boyfriend she has a moment or two with him um and the father there's a couple of scenes where the father's like kind of trying to apologize and be like oh i'm sorry for being shitty all the time uh and then really the, the the climax is the she is going to do a gospel. She wants to do a gospel album to show that she is re, you know, rejoined the path with God. And uh, the Jerry's like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's not really a lot of people who want to listen to that. And I like too that they added in. This is see, movie's got some good moments where it's like, well, can we make a documentary about it so that people, uh, you know, in the international audiences and the and the film critics can have something? And he, she was like, you mean for the white people? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah for, for the, the white people. people. <laughs> and she was like, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. Like. I, I, I know. I like that scene. He also <laughs> was like, funny. He he said, "I don't know." I, I like his humor. Yeah, Jerry does have some good comedic moments because he, and that's the thing is he's like one of the you know he's still the the he's still like a hustler kind of guy and he still wants the money. Yeah, but and he's he still on her side. But he's a good guy. Yeah, as a compared to a lot of the other male characters who are mostly piece of shit, he's he's like a good guy, and you know he he has his little moments um but then we get her big amazing grace uh that she sings and we get pretty much the whole version get a couple of blurbs about aretha franklin and you know what she did moving forward and her life as an activist and her you know many successes uh and then we get like the denim where the credits are rolling and it's aretha the real aretha franklin singing at the kennedy center uh she's doing natural woman and she you know she at this point she's in her you know mid to late 70s and uh that's that clip is playing over the credits and that's you know the big emotional close we get also um uh, some pictures and video clips of the real Aretha throughout her life, and that is uh, that is respect. So, closing thoughts: What do we what do we think? We're going to recommend this. Uh, I'll start with uh, I'll start with Jess. Well, there's one scene I want to talk about before we do our closing thoughts, and um, oh, I guess yeah. this is like a, a visual that just um, it w- it was so dumb. So they were playing music <laughs> like with with a band, and I think this was like in Alabama. And it was a good song. They were playing. They were vibing really well. And they tried to do, like, a flashback kind of scene to make it look like what actually happened at the time versus presently. But it was, like, the same people in the same band. But they just put, like, a black and white lens on it. And they just kept going back and forth to make it seem like this is now and this is then. But it was really just now with a different, like, lens on it. <laughs> I don't know if I you re- guys picked that up. They did that a couple of times, especially in the middle when they were like kind of montaging and like I thought what yeah, I thought it was and it be wasn't was, until it was... the end when you actually saw what Aretha Franklin looked like and you were like, oh, okay, that that stuff that they tried to, to say was like an actual <laughs> historical flashback was not. It was just a different lens. <laughs> no, I, like with the different lens, I was like, either these are just a different lens or like the casting is identically perfect because this is just the same people. I'm pretty sure, um, but yeah, they did that a couple times in the middle too. Not I the think part you, where they were making the documentary, right? No, it w- I don't think it was that part. I think it was um, kind of when like, I remember they did it when she was like walking down a staircase at one point with some people. I know oh, that they did yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah. They did it so- they, during some of the she, concerts. When they found out that she was uh, when, when the husband hit her. 
Oh yeah, I was like, how do you feel about being on the cover of Time Magazine? Like, oh, I feel like really yeah, honored. Yeah, they put that in black like, and white for some reason. So. And they're like, you know yeah, you're on Time Magazine. See, and I really did believe them. I thought like that was actual footage until we saw the very end and we saw what Aretha Franklin looked like. And we were like, no, that was just a different lens. <laughs> it was a trick. A dirty yeah. trick. Go for uh, it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I, it, I didn't. Hate. There were there were other visual things that I didn't like more. I, I guess I'll put this up. I got one big visual thing that bothered me, and it's only going to bother me because I'm a person who watches for this kind of stuff. But she, the very early on in the part of the movie I hate where she's the child, the mom comes to the house, the the father's house to see all the kids, and she rings the doorbell. And then she immediately scurries off the porch, and like it, it's like, are you gonna run? Away? Is she running away? But then she stops and she turns. She ding ditched him. She dinged, but she didn't. She like <laughs> she she didn't. She ran the door, immediately ran like fifteen feet back from the steps, and then stopped running before anyone came to the door, and just turned. So you're like, okay, it's not that she's hesitating; she's just coming off the door. And then all the kids run out and hug side hugger, and it's like this perfect side hug in the shot. I'm like. That's not how anyone would actually hug anyone. This is just so that you can frame this shot like this. And then we see the shot from the husband in the door frame. And she, the, the mom is perfectly in the door frame far away because it's like, oh, because symbolizing they're far away from each other because there's divorce and there, there's separation. And I yeah. get that's what they're, I get the, that's the visual storytelling they're going for. But there's no reason she does that. And that's, it, it, it makes it feel fakey fake. That's a big part of <laughs> all that fakiness in the beginning is these characters are not behaving correctly i don't believe this um <laughs> a, a nitpick for sure but it, things like like stuff like that bothers me when i see stuff like that um uh, do you have any other nitpicks nicole before we wrap up and uh, give our final thoughts uh, i'm just want to hear what jess has to say yeah jess oh, what no. do you think yeah so as it, it makes it seem like we all hated this movie but i actually did really like it <laughs> um again i had low expectations so it it definitely um was a lot better than I was expecting it was going to be. I already recommended it to my friends and thought it was um, such a good movie. And it made me want to research some of her other songs, too. Like, I didn't even know her gospel album was, like, the best-selling gospel album at all times. So I, I did, like, mm-hmm. listen to a couple, and I was like, oh, okay, like, this is this is pretty cool. And it was very historical. So I appreciate it. Again, I wish she was alive to, to see her life on big screen, because I feel like that's when you know you made it. Your life is a, a movie in the theaters. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's made it many other ways through history. But now, people like us who didn't know her historical background, I just really thought she was a regular singer, um, can see all that she brought to the world. At the end of this, like uh, the transition from Jennifer Hudson singing Amazing Grace to the actual singing of Aretha Franklin at the uh, award ceremony or whatever. Like, I was so very emotional at that point because it just, like, brought the ending of the of the movie act, acting was just showing that she overcame these traumatic things and she's now finding herself again and has the validation of herself and knows that her you know her sisters are there for her support her husband and all like that felt really good to see and then going and actually seeing her 40 years later in real life still singing and still getting that praise and the applause and the tears from people that didn't even know this about her but still felt 
connection to it and still like made people so like joy joyous in listening to her like that was the best part of this movie for me um i really felt the connection of it too and i'm glad to see that someone like her with the you know the the activist values that she took and and going through all that shit with her with her dad and and all that like that there's people that can overcome that sort of thing and still become this amazing, successful person, which she exactly did. So bad filmmaking aside in some aspects, um, I, I really did like this too. And I liked the story and I think they picked a really great person to make something like this for, um, and about because this is somebody that we can learn a lot of things from and just somebody that did something amazing for, for music history uh and for women and for black people and like i just really like seeing stuff like that so um i i have actually recommended this as well yeah i I, i'm definitely the lowest but i'm not again i'm not as low as it sounds like we were when we were just kind of shitty on it it is there's a lot of amateurish mistakes that are easy to shit on in this and it's my biggest problem is that it is it does feel very made for tv movie it is very cliche there are a lot of simple mistakes and a lot of just like lack of experience i think kind of filmmaking and writing choices that just don't they that just hamstring this movie really bad uh having said all that though it goes down pretty smooth for a two and a half hour movie a, a biopic about a musician again none of this is not, that's none of that's my wheelhouse it goes down pretty smooth i don't get i don't i didn't feel too bored and most of it um some standout scenes no, and jennifer Hudson, long again it was it was too long but it was for a four or two and a half hour movie it it only felt you know, I had 20 minutes to a half hour too long. It didn't feel like an hour too long. Um, and I thought Jennifer Hudson, again, I don't see her in too many things. I know she's mostly a singer, but I thought she was actually very good in this. And it kind of rises and falls on her performance. If she's not good, if she's, you know, and I don't like to shit on kid acting, but if she's the same level as the beginning of the movie when it's the childhood stuff, I, I would have, uh, uh, this would have been unbearable. Um, but I'm going to give it a soft recommend because I think it's, it, it's good enough to pretty much please everyone, um, and you know, I, I did. I definitely learned a lot. It, it takes a couple liberties here and there, but uh, it was informative for sure. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I did not know. Uh, so uh, it's it's three recommends of somewhat varying degrees for for respect. So we we're gonna we're gonna give this movie our our respect. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, but just missed all my ending pun things uh before we close this one out we got a host pick coming up it's nicole's hey. turn this time around and so what are you gonna have us be watching nicole well just you have to laugh at this with me i had to spoil it for brennan because i had to ask him if we already did this one or not because i couldn't remember <laughs> <laughs> but to my delight we have not done it yet so i am going to choose i think it's on hulu right now I don't know when it came out. I didn't do any of my research on it. I have not seen it before, but I'm choosing Black Swan as my host pick. Oh, you haven't seen it, that? I have not, so I'm really excited to uh, to see this, what all the hubbub is about. Yeah, I've seen Black Swan once, and I don't want to spoil my thoughts on it. Um, Darren Aronofsky film, I think we've done... We did. A, I know we did Requiem for a Dream. We've done a, maybe one or two of his movies before, uh, but yeah interesting pick i don't i don't know if my uh, mama k has seen this jess have you seen black swan yeah i feel like i've seen it at least twice 
Interesting. So we will be talking about that coming up, uh, and we also have a couple other theater stuff coming up. Big stuff like Shang-Chi is coming out soon, and I think Marvel K and I are going to do a quick one on Free Guy, the one that uh, Ryan Reynolds one that just came out. I know there's one that Jess has been looking forward to. She came back just in time for Candyman. Candyman coming out in a couple weeks. Oh my gosh, finally. So <laughs> <laughs> That trailer, oh, the number of times they say Candyman. Insane. I think I've already talked about that in another show. Uh, but... <laughs> In the meantime, if you have anything to recommend to us, Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on for respect. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.